Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham, joined alongside my buddy, my pal, Connor Morissette. We are live on YouTube and recording this podcast across the Peristyle Podcast platform. All the networks, you can get your podcast, you can get the Peristyle Podcast. We've been doing this since 2008. Maybe not with Connor, but we've been doing it a really long time. And that was, a, Connor, I think it was a long uh, intro for me. I think it was ready. <laughs> I, I love it. I had a little, with a little break. I had a little, so my voice got a little break. Didn't do a show last week. Uh, we did a television after uh, Danton Lynn was hired, but I had a little break there. Plus, I didn't do this. I didn't drink my uh, Diet Dr. Pepper first because then it screws up your throat and it's really hard to do it. So <laughs> they get this, especially when you do it live, I can't redo it. You know, if we're just you and me just recording can't do it you but. did have that false start once that was pretty funny. that was yeah but when we're live you can't really just i have to just go with it like all right screwed that up sorry uh we got a fun show for you today there's a lot of stuff going on in usc world i can't believe we're almost halfway through december uh shout out to papa abraham my dad's birthday is today so i know he doesn't listen to my shows he'll call me like hey do you know what uh some you know boston radio wei said about like Lincoln Ryland, like dad, you're, you're listening to Boston radio not what I do all the time, but he's just, that's just him. But happy birthday to my pops, um, back in Milford near, uh, where your family's from. Oh, wow. Connor. Yeah. WEEI 98.5, the sports hub. I know those stations very well. Happy birthday, Mr. A. Yeah. My dad calls into those things and says dumb takes. I mean, he was a huge, huge Tom Brady, Tom Brady guy. So Tom Brady could do no wrong with him. So you would probably get along with him, uh, very oh, well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, Holiday season. Hope everyone's having a good time. But we do have a lot going on uh, in the show. Like I mentioned, we are live on our YouTube channel at Inside Troy over there. So if you want a question or comment, please put them in there. I will try to check them out and put them up on the screen. Like we had Mark uh, in the chat and he says, hello, Ryan and Triple Double. Hello, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Triple Double's got the, uh, if you're not, if you're watching YouTube, you can see he's got a lovely Christmas sweater on. <laughs> which is nice. I just went with my golf polo, but Connor's got the sweater. Uh, you got any Christmas parties to go to? I went to a couple on Saturday, last Saturday, with USC not playing until Sunday for basketball. My Saturday was free, so I went to two last week. I don't think I have any this week. So, uh, yeah, I watched this, and uh, here I am wearing it again. Nice. But if you're watching live, uh, put comments in there. If you have a question, put question, and then we will try to answer it along the way. We have some email questions. We got some voicemails. To get to, uh, I think, a text message. Kevin wants to know, when is the next two-star podcast live show? It is recruiting season. So I love those guys to do live shows. But Gerard stays in his basement. You know, he's there in, uh, out in the IE. It's hard to get him to go anywhere. It was like pulling teeth when I brought him to, uh, you know, the my place in the desert. We did a live show there. Um, but, yeah, so you got to talk to Chris and, uh, and Gerard about that. You know, get them going. I would love them to do more live shows, but... Um, that's, uh, I can't answer that one. Uh, but we want to get to sort of the, the makeover, the USC defensive staff, uh, at least what we know so far, a couple, uh, hires that look like kind of, you know, 
big time hires that you're going to go out steal a hot defensive coordinator from your rival, take a national championship head coach and make him a linebacker coach. Just some cool stuff going on. So we'll talk about that. The portal has been sort of crazy. USC, normally crazy action in the portal, a little slower. We'll talk about that. Uh, Connor and I were both there for Bronny James's debut that got spoiled by Long Beach State thinking that they're good at basketball or USC not thinking that they're very good at basketball. But it was cool to see Bronny out there, and he actually – was one of the better players. I mean, he just looked like he was out there trying where everyone else sort of just was like going through the motions. But uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, there's a new NCAA rule about transfers we'll get to when we talk about the portal stuff. I do want to thank our sponsor over at Trader Joe's to uh, get, you know, get them some love here because, you know, we get to talk about last week. But I told you guys I just remodeled uh, my kitchen. So I'm kind of putting stuff together. I needed, I went over there this morning to pick up like flour, some staples. I got some airtight containers, Connor. I don't know if you keep like flour in the, the uh, pantry in the cupboard. I'm, I'm now putting them into containers. I'm going to mark them, say flour on them. So needed to buy some new stuff. So replenish. And I got some good, um, I love the, the Pinot Noirs. That's my favorite wine, I guess, with the, uh, the red wine, if you like that. Two different Trader Joe's, like um, Grand Reserve labeled Pinot Noirs, are in the stores, at least in Southern California right now. So check them out. One's like Santa Lucia Valley, which I had. It was really good. Um, not super fruity, but I like that one a lot. And there's another one from, I think, the Russian River Valley in Sonoma that I haven't tried yet. So I picked those up. But they're like $12, $13 bottles. They're always a great value when you see like Trader Joe's Grand Reserve. So a little, you know, inside baseball if you want to get some, some good wines. Uh, those are, you know, those are usually good wines that they don't, they have a different Trader Joe's label on them. You don't know what they are, but they're usually really good and uh, very good value for what you pay. Now, all of a sudden, I want some wine. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I should have brought some in. <laughs> I did buy it this morning. I'm in like Trader Joe's at like 11 a.m. Uh, buying wine. But I also bought um, I, the cheese. I like the fresh pasta. So I bought the cheese. I do, I, I play volleyball this morning. I do my meals on wheels route, like my Wednesday routine. And I was like, I can grab lunch before I come into the studio. And I was like, you know, I have some some Trader Joe's uh, pasta sauce left over. I used half of it. So I bought, uh, you know, a package of like the cheese tortellini and they like cook up in like five minutes. And that was really good. So I stuffed myself. I ate a whole package by myself. But <laughs> that was a good, good Trader Joe's lunch. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. We got to talk. Uh, you know, we didn't get to talk on the podcast about um, USC hiring Danton Lynn. He gets hired, obviously, over from UCLA. He's been out in the recruiting trail. Uh, got to see him. Uh, he was at USC practice, so Connor got a couple shots of uh, Denton Lynn um, out there in USC gear. Like we've seen him all uh, in UCLA gear because you know he's UCLA defensive coordinator. But now you can see him pictures with recruits wearing uh, USC swag instead of uh, UCLA stuff. So that was cool. And then USC ends up hiring uh, Matt Entz, who's the head coach of North Dakota State. Uh, yeah, head coach at the FCS level, not just a head coach, but, you know, multiple time national championship winner, which is never, uh, easy to do. So he's the other hire that was in there. He's still coaching cause they're in the semifinals. So he's trying to win another national championship before he comes to USC. I know Connor, you checked out his media availability where he talked about taking the job and stuff. So I don't know if we want to, why don't we start with Matt? Cause we've, we've talked about Denton Lynn a little bit, but what's, uh, what were your kind of overall impressions of, uh, uh, of Matt Ensign, USC hiring him. Seemed like a really well-spoken guy and obviously a great football coach looking at his track record too. 
national championships at the FCS level since taking over in 2019 at North Dakota State. He was the defensive coordinator there before. I, I walked away from his first comments since taking the USC job, being really impressed just with him as a person. Of course, that was only a 20-minute video clip, and we'll see sort of where it goes with him. I think overall, Ryan, it's interesting. USC hires Danton Lynn. I think it was pretty clear that Lynn wasn't the first choice, so to speak, but a choice that I'm still really happy with. And I think Matt Entz, of course, he's connected to Danton Lynn a little bit. We can get into that. But I, I don't think Matt Entz is here if Danton Lynn's not here, obviously. But I, I think financially, you can go out and you can acquire a guy who's making four hundred grand per year as a head coach at the FCS level, bring him to USC to have him be an assistant coach, pay him more because you have Danton Lynn on a little bit less money than maybe if it was Jim Leonard at over $3 million. I think Lynn's making $2 million. Matt Entz comes in, he'll probably double his salary potentially or at least get to $600,000, I'd imagine, from his $400,000 uh, salary right now at North Dakota State. So I, I just look at it like Lincoln Riley has some money to play with after bringing in Lynn and he's using it. I think that's a good thing. No, I think so too. Yeah, you're right. It's like, was it the first choice or not? But if it was, if you're Hiring like a Jim Leonard, you're paying a lot of money. Are you getting a value with Danton Lynn where you're not paying as much? Uh, I mean, he's still paying him a lot of money too. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't seem like money is an issue as far as assistant no. coaches go. I don't think that's going to be a thing. That's something that's different from what we've seen in the past. It seems like they're willing to, you know, break out the checkbooks and and pay what you need to pay. What the going rate, if you're trying to be a national championship contending college football program you did that with Lincoln Riley you went out and paid a going rate um for what uh you know a head coach of his caliber with his resume would have and now you're going to go do that with assistant coaches so curious to see those are the two coaches we know so we assume Brian Odom uh the linebacker coach won't be back we haven't heard specifically about that um and you know all the other coaches seem to be out on the recruiting trail right now maybe changes more changes are made sort of going forward but I thought the Odom one was interesting because he was the, you know, half of the interim defensive coordinator uh, for the last two games. So I assume he's not going to be that for the bowl game. Uh, so that's that's kind of an interesting. And he was someone that came with Lincoln Riley early. So he came over from Oklahoma. One of the, quote, plane guys came on the plane with him, along with Alex Grinch. Uh, they're both gone now. So and we'll see if there's any more changes. But the the remake, the the, you know, the kind of resurfacing or however you want to describe, like, remodeling this um, defensive coaching staff is is well on its way. And one thing I like about Entz too, Ryan, is that he came out and said, would I like to be a head coach again? I really would. And I'm betting on myself by taking this linebacker and assistant head coach for defense role with USC. So he's a guy who believes in himself. I'm sure, like I said, he's going to get compensated better, but he's taking a step down in title to try to prove his worth and get a head coaching job at the FBS level down the line. And I think, I mean, everyone's going to be motivated in college football if they're coaching, but just, I think his motivations are really unique because he's been a head coach before. And the fact that he is willing to bet on himself, I really like that. And he talked about how he wants to be uncomfortable and he wants to have a staff that, that challenges him. And, and if he's feeling too comfortable, that's a bad thing. I, I think that's, those are some great characteristics. So he certainly passed the eye test for me. And we all know how bad USC's linebacker play was a year ago. This is a guy who has put a couple guys into the NFL from the FCS level. It's clear as an assistant coach with the linebackers, he knows what he's doing, and he has a lot of defensive coordinator experience. It just seems like a good hire to me. I hope he stays around for a few years because it seems like he, want, he wants to leave potentially if uh, things go really well. But overall, how can you not like this hire? Yeah, I think, I mean, just the kind of resume that you bring to the table, if you're hiring a, a linebacker coach that's 
you're playing for, you know, coaching, not assistant. He's not a DC. At the, he's a head coach at an FCS level. Has won a couple of national championships already. It is hard to make that jump sometimes from FCS to FBS, and we're seeing. But we've seen some programs like James Madison do an amazing job what they were doing. Um, and, you know, Kalen DeBoer is someone, I know Shotgun was talking about this on the uh, Helium Boys podcast, of what, you know, he was able to do winning championships at different levels. And it takes a while. It took about 10 years for DeBoer to sort of get that head coaching job at FBS. So I think getting to recruit, you know, he talked about, you know, NIL isn't really a thing in FCS. Being able to kind of build your brand as a, you know, assistant coach at the FCS, uh, FBS level, recruit at a high level at USC. You know, I think the next step would be being a defensive coordinator. Or you could even, if he's really good as the linebacker coach, maybe even jump to be an FBS head coach um, at some point. But I, I'm guessing there would be like a defensive coordinator thing in there. Kalen DeBoer went to, uh, I think it was at Fresno State as the OC first, and then, you know, uh, Indiana back to Fresno State, you know, kind of back and forth. So I feel like that's one of those things where, you can kind of build that resume. And it wasn't just last year, Connor. I know you haven't been around as long, but I look at this linebacker, the linebacker positions, you know, uh, like Todd Orlando, when he was a defensive coordinator, he was supposed to be a linebacker guy. The linebackers have just not produced for years. It's just, they haven't had that guy. That's just like makes every play at, at the middle linebacker spot or inside linebacker spot. And just, you know, batting balls down, getting sacks, make you know, making all the tackles, every run play he's involved in. They just haven't had that kind of production. And I thought like when they hired Orlando, I was like, okay, he's a linebacker guy. They're gonna get better. They weren't. Like they just haven't, they've been bad uh the whole time. You know, all the Clay Helton years, bad. Uh first year for um Lincoln Riley, bad linebacker play. This past year, Bad linebacker play. And, you know, you've, you added guys like Mason Cobb. You got guys like Eric Gentry, um, Rajon Davis. There's a lot of guys. There's there's bodies there. You know, Shane Lee had a lot of experience. And it just seems like there's some good games sometimes, but not that sort of consistent production. So that's a, that's a key spot. You need to be productive at the linebacker spot. And they haven't been. So you're hoping a guy like Etz can, can step in and, and be productive. Absolutely. And you mentioned the guys, Mason Cobb, Eric Gentry, Rajon Davis, and I'll throw in Tackett Curtis too. If all four of those guys are back and they're all healthy, that should at least be an average linebacker room. And it should be above average just based on everything that those guys have been able to do in their careers. I mean, Mason Cobb, we all know what he did in the Big 12. He was a second team all Big 12 player with Oklahoma State. Eric Gentry, a freshman All-American at Arizona State. These guys come to USC and what happens? They don't get those accolades because the whole defense is so bad and we can get into exactly why that is. But you know what I mean? They were more productive at their previous schools and those schools were Oklahoma State and Arizona State. All due respect to those two programs. If you come to USC, you should be taking a jump up and that just hasn't happened. And I think Ryan, this is what we talked about way back in the summer. The reason we were so high on USC, we really felt like the roster was better. And then I think defensively, they were just really let down by some some poor coaching. I still feel that way. Maybe the roster wasn't quite as good as I thought, but the linebackers that you have, if everyone chooses to stay once this portal window closes, you should at least be average next season. And I think you should still be above average because that group is good. That's a talented group and they did not get what they needed to get out of those linebackers this year. And I I say it has to do with the coaching. I'm sure it has to do with the players a little bit too. But you know what I mean? They just should be way more talented than they were. No, I agree. And uh, I don't know what it, what it's what it been. Um, sorry, I'm going to screw up the shot here. I don't know what 
what the issue has been. Um, it's one of those things where the, you look at the roster and say, all right, this is good enough. Like, the, okay, oh, you got better here. You were all right in this spot. Now you're better. Um, and it seemed like that was the case across the board for the defense. And it didn't matter. And they were worse. And the whole defense was bad. And you're just not – It's there's a disconnect between what you're getting production-wise and what you, you bring to the table. It's like having – like, oh, we have this amazing list of ingredients. Like, oh, we got this filet mignon came in. We imported this from whatever. And uh, they, you, know, you can only grow, you know, these potatoes are, you know, right out of the ground from Idaho. And oh, this asparagus is only in season like twice a year. And we're bringing this in. And you have like all these great ingredients. Like, oh, wow, I can't wait for this meal. And you eat the meal and go like, this kind of sucks, you know. And what what's going on? You need to, you know, you want the whole to be, uh, you know, greater than the sum of its parts, and the the parts were greater than the whole. You know, it's just like if you took individual guys and said, "Put that guy here, put that guy here," they could do something great. But you put them all together, and it just wasn't. You know, the meal sucked. <laughs> just like this is not good. And I feel like if you can make the linebackers be productive, and I've been saying this for years for USC, just look at the production that you're getting there. Like you don't have some. Someone uh, in the chat said no true number 55 for a long time. Yeah, they haven't had that. But you'd love to see that guy that has like 120 tackles and bat, bats down a bunch of balls. And, and just it, it's like week after week. Like we've seen there have been Mason Cobb games where we're just like, where is he? And then they have another game where like 13 tackles or something. He's like, okay. But then it's not consistent. And then they're rotating and they're bringing different guys in. You hope that a guy like Ed's could come in and say, "All right, here's what's good. This is what needs to happen." And if he can make those linebackers productive, to me, if I'm like someone looking to hire him, I'm going, "Okay, they've stunk <laughs> for years at with different head coaches, different coordinators. USC linebackers have just it's awful." And you come in in one year and they're good, like that would be the biggest resume boost. If I'm taking the job, like I'd much rather come into that situation knowing, okay, we got all this stuff to work with. There's all this potential in the world. There's talented players. We can bring in more. And man, have they been awful. And it's just like, you know, it, it's like if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a new hairdresser out there and this, and you come in and you're like, man, my last 10 haircuts have all stunk. And it's like, okay, well, I'm working from a place of like, well, you can't get much worse, you know, and you're, I'm going to make it better. If I do a decent job, you're going to go out there looking good with your sweater on, you get your beard and nice haircut. You're like, all right, you did a nice job and you look much better. If you, or if you went to someone that's just like your hair is meticulous, it's great all the time. And you have to like live up to that standard. There's no standard to live. I mean, they're, they're just so bad that if he just does a decent job, and that's what we felt like with Alex Grinch in year two, like they were so bad, like just do decent and you'll be fine. And nope, stunk. Uh, so for Danton Lynn and, and Matt Ert, it's like, you know, you really are coming in and couldn't get much worse. So I, I know the Cilantro boys were talking about like, should you have Danton Lynn take over and run the defense for the bowl game? And like, hell yes, you should. Like, well, what if they give up the, I think Chris would say, what if you give up 40 points? You give up 40 points every game anyway. Like I would just rather see scrap whatever was going on. You already got rid of one of the co-defensive coordinators, right? Or most likely did. Even that, when Lynn's recruiting, just have him like send emails about, here's what I want you guys to do. I would much rather that than whatever they've been running all year, which has been absolutely gar garbage. I'd, I'd give Lynn a clean slate and not have him take over till next season. But I get the appeal to bringing him in and just saying, hey, it can't get worse. I think, though, Ryan, to what you said, we said in the offseason, 
it can't possibly be worse or the same. It has to be better. And it was at best the same, at worst, worse. So I'm going to need to see it first. On paper, though, if you're a USC fan today, Danton Lynn, what he did with UCLA last year, and then Matt Entz betting on himself, his linebacker pedigree, the fact that he is a head coach, and now he's just asked to deal with the linebackers, like, that to me is a huge win. And I feel like USC, the problem with them has been they've sort of been winning the offseason in the last few years and not winning when the games matter. And this is another example of them winning the offseason, so to speak. So we need to see it. But there's nothing to me right now that's like, okay, here's the problem. Here's why it won't work. I, I, I think USC's defense should definitely be average next season. And I mean, we got a long way to go before 2024. So we'll be saying this for weeks. I just don't know how it, it won't be. You know what I mean? And maybe that's wrong because we learned last year. If you don't think something's going to go bad, it still can. <laughs> I mean, we both were just like, they had a lot of players on the roster. The defense was so bad last year, it can only get better. No, nope. we, we drank the Riley Kool-Aid. I, if I'm offered a glass of that in the next few weeks, I'm saying thanks, like, but no mm. thanks. Yeah, like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, USC's getting ready for a bowl game, and the whole calendar stinks, right? This is a whole, this is a terrible calendar right now. Portal. Signing day's coming up, bowl practices, of course, silly season with coaches. Like, there's too much going on right now. I don't know why they haven't just moved signing day back to February. That's just the simplest thing. Just put it back where it was. You moved it. It was dumb. Huge mistake. Move it back. And at least you'll fix something. Like, you'll fix some problem. But there's a lot going on. One of the things is USC's getting ready for the Holiday Bowl. Uh, Louisville. Uh, it's got to play uh, Louisville. Um, 10, you know, 10 wins this season. High-powered offense. USC's defense probably going to get torched. No Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, we'll see what the offense looks like. You know, Miller Moss getting the first team reps uh, at quarterback. And, uh, you know, no, um, you know, Brendan Rice, Marshawn Lloyd won't be there. So, you know, some p key pieces on offense won't be around. Curious to see what the offensive line looks like. But, yeah, I, I know Miller – there's only been one media availability for players uh, during these bowl practices – I know you were out there. I they told us the day before, and I already had plans to be gone for the for that day, so I couldn't go. But I know you got got to talk to Miller Moss. But what was what was it like hearing from the, the players? And I know you didn't get to watch any practice, but what was that media availability like? Starting, I guess, with uh, Miller Moss. With Miller, he just seemed to say it was business as usual. It was, yeah, this is going to be my first start, but I've been preparing for this for years. I'm ready. He was asked about Lincoln Riley recruiting someone from the transfer portal, like a Will Howard or a Cam Ward, and he said, let's go. I've competed here for years. I'm ready. Bring on the competition. Now, that's him saying that before uh, transfers potentially brought in, say Will Howard does come, it'll be interesting to see if Miller Moss opts to enter the transfer portal or not. That's maybe a conversation for a different day right now. But he just seemed all about the competition and ready for his first start. Really professional kid. And nothing that he said really stood out, Ryan, because it was just kind of business as usual with him, which that's sort of been his MO since he got to USC. Yeah. Um, anyone else sort of uh, anything else stand out to you from that or wasn't? We heard from a few defensive players. So Jalen Smith, not that there were any questions about if he was going to leave or not, but he says he'll definitely be back next season. And he just talked about how Danton Lynn, he coached the secondary in Baltimore with the Ravens and how Jalen Smith plays in the secondary, obviously, and that's a cool connection. He, Danton Lynn knows exactly what it takes to get to the NFL, and he 
Jalen Smith felt like he could really help him, so he was excited about that. He talked about preparation with Danton Lynn being huge, but I mean, it was about as expected. The defensive staff adds someone new. The defensive players talk about it. They're all overjoyed, and they're really excited about it, so not exactly breaking news there. Nothing really stood out in a, in a big way. That's why we didn't have an instant analysis. Me and Chris were there. The, the best thing was that Danton Lynn was there, and I got a picture of him, so I think that was the highlight. That, that's yeah. The highlight was that you got to see the defensive coordinator, um, <laughs> Troy. Uh, by two X says uh, that uh, Quentin Joyner will shine in the Holiday Bowl. I hope so. He's been sort of buried since that Notre Dame fumble, and we haven't really seen him. I'd love a bounce back performance from him. Yeah. So Austin Jones. Uh, yep. He's going to play, so that you know he looks like he's going to be the man there. Um, so that's cool. The uh, I want to talk about the portal a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. We don't have any. We haven't heard of any other media availability. So December twenty seventh, if you want to drive down to San Diego and check out the game, Connor and I will both be there. Chris Trevino will be there. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Jack is going to end up going to this I don't one. Think but, so. Uh, but RJ yeah, will be there too. RJ will be there. So we'll see, get to see Miller Moss uh, start. Is he that? Is that his first start or did he? Yeah, yeah first his start. first start. Yeah. Okay. He's played in games, but he just hasn't started yet. So uh, we'll check all that stuff out. The uh, transfer portal, uh, there was some you know, news today. Uh, Andrew Millick uh, has entered the portal, the offensive lineman. More recently, uh, cornerback Fabian Ross uh, from Bishop Gorman's in there. Michael Jackson, the wide receiver. Um, but everyone else is, you know, Dijon Benton, Chris Thompson Jr., Jude Wolf, Darwin Barlow, Zamian Gordon, uh, Raleigh Brown, who visited with Arizona state recently. And then Jamar Sakona. So those are the 10 guys that are in the portal. Now, no one that's like, you know, huge difference maker, but any kind of thoughts on the guys that have gone in Connor? Yeah, no real surprises. That's been the biggest thing. Michael Jackson, the third is probably the biggest surprise, but I don't think really anyone is too shocked by that based on his role in a big wide receiver room. He didn't get a ton of reps, made the most of his opportunities, but you're not, if you're a USC fan saying here today, like, oh, how the heck are we going to overcome that loss? A good player, but a guy who should be replaceable. So to me, that's my first takeaway. There's still some time left, of course, in this cycle, so guys can choose to enter the portal whenever they want. I think, what, it's probably two more weeks of that. Uh, I forget exactly how, how long it is. Maybe it's yeah, a little It's like bit a 30-day opening and then... That's just to enter, though. So you don't yeah. have to make a decision, just entering. And then it opens up again after the spring. But I, I think initially, Ryan, I feel like if there were guys kind of on the fence, like maybe they're still thinking about it, but the people who were dead set on going, they're gone. And the fact that you didn't really lose any difference makers, I think that's huge. On the flip side, only bringing in two guys so far, and one of them is a long snapper, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more transfer portal recruiting production so far but looking at the rankings and a lot of the guys USC's in on it's not like they've missed on a ton of guys so far I think a few offensive linemen here or there but the big players in this the receiver from Vanderbilt who entered a couple days ago he's still in the mix and there are a lot of guys who haven't made a decision yet so I'm not going to sit here and hammer USC for missing on all these recruits I think everything's going on behind the scenes and fans they won't want to hear it I know I'm not the most patient person either but you have to be patient right now and just kind of hope for the best. USC, we all know what their NIL strategy is. They're not afraid to throw a lot of money at these transfer guys. So I do think that the transfer recruiting is going to pick up in a little bit. It's just going to take some time. Guys are negotiating. They're going on visits. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened as quickly this cycle as it did a cycle ago. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's been a lot slower. This, you know, The last two transfer windows, uh, Lincoln Riley was just like, boom, big splash. This, not so much. Not such a big splash. But like you said, you got to kind of be patient and 
Um, see, but it's not like they're tearing up on the high school ranks either. So I feel like the, I don't think anyone expected the seven and five kind of season. And they sort of were looking for a big kind of playoff run. Like that's sort of what they were kind of banking on to get, you know, to work on the recruiting side of things. And when you perform below expectations, I think that's hurt them a little bit on the recruiting trail. So interesting to kind of see where they go uh, from here. Agree with that. Uh, if you are watching, we had over 200 people live on YouTube. So thank you so much for doing that. But hit the like button, please. If you're over there, we only have like uh, 28 likes. So get in there and like it and uh, subscribe to the feed. If you are watching live, we appreciate that. And if you're listening across our podcast platform, wherever you're listening, we appreciate that. You can like and subscribe any of the podcasting platforms too, including uh, Apple Podcasts, which uh, we get a bunch of reviews there. So um, I don't think we've had a review for a little while. So we had a whole bunch at once, like in, in November. So if you want to leave a review, we'd appreciate that very much. Um, okay, Connor, the, uh, the transfer portal guys transferring. We just saw on Twitter out today, there was some lawsuit that the NCAA was dealing with. And it basically was talking about eligibility. If a player would have to transfer and sit out the rule, as of a few years ago became and it helped with the transfer process you can transfer once and not have a penalty you don't have to sit out this was a you know years back if you transfer within a conference there would be a two-year sit out like that's insane that that was going on now you could transfer once not have to sit out but if you and then you grant if you grad transferred you could transfer again and not sit out well now they're saying uh there's no penalty if you're going to transfer more than once so you could get a transfer like usc gets like bear alexander who's a young player I'm not saying he's going to transfer. Like maybe that's a terrible example, but just uh, someone that you guys know. He was a freshman, transfers, comes to USC. Well, unless he graduates, he wouldn't be able to transfer again without sitting out. Now a player like that could transfer again, uh, at least for this year. There's some kind of injunction or something going on, but I don't know how much that's going to impact things. But that's sort of some breaking news from this morning that uh, could affect uh, these transfers where maybe someone that you didn't think was going to go in the portal could go in the portal uh, as far as you know, trying to acquire talent, but also trying to retain talent, players that you thought like, okay, they're locked in now, aren't necessarily locked in anymore. It's confusing though. Ross Dellinger tweeted, "Clarity from the NCAA court's ruling is only applicable for this 14-day period. So, I think for the next 14 days, guys who transferred twice and play college basketball can play. But then I don't know what that means after the 14 days. I don't know how this affects football if someone transfers for the second time." to play football during this 14-day window? Does that mean they're good to go for next season because they transferred within the 14 days? It, Like most things with the NCAA, is very unclear. And I think just based on what Ross Dellinger, who does a great job at Yahoo Sports, tweeted, he said the biggest impact appears to be on active transfers for winter sports who can play now over the next two weeks. So I'm not exactly sure what this means for football. I feel like in the future we could see something where you can transfer as many times as you want because the NCAA – their rules have not held up in court, and that looks like the start to something like that happening, but I don't know if definitively that's happened based on today. Yeah. Uh, so we'll kind of keep, keep our eyes on that and see what that is going forward. Um, Want to talk a little little hoops, too. Um, Bronny James, we got to see his debut. Uh, we were out there for Long Beach State. It was a packed house. The environment was crazy. A lot of people that don't normally cover USC basketball were there. No jokes about me. I do cover USC basketball. I've been to a bunch of games this year already. But I would say uh, watching Bronny when he comes in off the bench, a lot of energy. 
you know, missed his first shot, but he hit a three in transition. It was really good. Um, had a, an awesome block that a lot of people compared to like his dad, like, you know, basically at the, at the rim against the backboard. Like he just, he looked like he had a lot of spring in his step that he was ready. He seemed super healthy. And uh, someone like that could just give a spark. Sometimes you just need like an energy guy. He seemed like the energy guy, but you got like guys like Boogie Ellis who are normally, um, you know, really solid. Like he didn't have a good game. Isaiah Collier, uh, you had mentioned before, five of twelve from the free throw line. He just got to the line a lot and just kept missing free throws. And when you go to overtime, any of those, you know, missing sixteen free throws for an overtime game is pretty bad. And half of your free throws in overtime too. So it's it was a it kind of spoiled the debut, but it was cool to see him. And it was cool to see him out there, and he looked like a legit player. This isn't a situation where, was, oh, he's LeBron James's kid, so we're going to let him play. No, he could play. Like he looked like he should have been out there more than he was. He was on a minutes restriction, which makes sense. You know, cardiac arrest not that long ago. But uh, I don't know what were your over thoughts about that. Well, I'd never seen anything like it, Ryan, in the sense that he was on that minutes restriction. He only played 16 minutes. But do you remember in the second half when things weren't going well and this one fan who was to the left of us was like, we want Bronny. Where's Bronny? It was fascinating to watch so many people in an arena only really care about one guy who doesn't play that much. You know what I mean? Like, usually if you're a fan of a team, you go and you care about the stars and the best players and you care about the team. What was so interesting to me was the Galen Center was the most packed I've ever seen it, but it wasn't because of the team. It was because of one guy who didn't play a whole lot due to his injury. And like you said, deserved to probably play more, but he's on that restriction. So he couldn't. And just when the screws got kind of tight and USC wasn't playing well and people were calling for Bronny, probably because they didn't even care that much about what happened in the game just because they paid money to see this guy play. I thought that was interesting. It was really weird to see a group of fans not really care about what a traditional group of fans care about. Of course, most people there wanted USC to win and they're USC fans. But I'd say the majority of people in that building were Bronny James fans first and they really only cared what he did. And I'm sure a lot of people left happy that he scored and they got a block or he got a block and they got to see his debut. That was sort of my big takeaway a few days removed from it. I, I think, of course, like I said, a lot of people were decked out in the USC gear and, and they cared about the team. Overall, though, my biggest takeaway, most people in that building only cared about Bronny, in my opinion. And uh, I think overall, they probably did get their money's worth seeing him make a couple highlight plays. It's not the same scale. But it was sort of like you added a reason to go. Like, so Taylor Swift starts dating Travis Kelsey and all these people that don't even know anything about the Kansas City Chiefs are like watching and mostly for her. And so there were people, you know, we had, you know, uh, was it uh, Mika Andrews and uh, Dave McMenamin, who I've known for a long time. Uh, Other, you know, NBA reporters that I didn't, I didn't know who they were, but they were there because LeBron was there and Bronny was there and it's like a big deal. And all, you know, most of the questions were about Bronny. We, he made a statement, didn't take any questions. Um, it, it's like this whole kind of circus. I'm curious to see that's going to settle down, I think, over time. But even like the late, uh, like 2005 season for football, when Matt Leinert became like, a big deal where he was like dating. I think it was like Lauren Conrad. Like he was dating someone from the Hill. So there was like this crossover of like, <laughs> right. Like, you know, people that are yeah. like fans, it's basically like, like people variety like the magazine. Kardashian. Yeah. Like people like Kardashian <laughs> fans are like, Oh, Matt Leinart. Like somehow they get it. Like whenever like they, uh, Kardashian dates like a sports person, then there's like this crossover. Uh, that was the same thing. I remember, I'll never forget. Like, I think it was a woman from people magazine 
she's like totally dressed up like I don't I mean like not like you would be going to a football practice and just comes up to me and it's like do you know when Matt Leinhart's going to talk or whatever and it was just <laughs> like okay like you're not here covering football um so kind of similar there was just a lot of that it was hard to get a question in uh but the environment was great um and hopefully they can kind of keep that going I'm curious to see when they play like at Auburn, uh, you know, what's it going to be like? Everyone's going to come out to try to see Bronny. I, you know, it's tough for Andy Enfield to sort of, he said that, you know, Bronny handles it well, not a distraction. I don't, I don't think this is why the team is losing, but holy crap. I mean, you can't be four and five or five and four with this kind of talent on the team. Like you, like Bronny's legit. I mean, he's only, you know, played They're They're healthy now. I don't, you know, Isaiah Collier is like people, you know, top pick in the draft. Boogie Ellis has, you know, been around for 10 years and he's like as solid as a comp. Like there's just so many guys that are like with the, the same sort of thing. You have this many good ingredients. So like why is the meal sucking? And so I guess there's a similar parallel to what we've seen for defense and uh, what this basketball team's doing. Which I can't believe. Five and four. Cal State Northridge is six and three. Cal State Northridge <laughs> has a better record than USC men's basketball. Started in the AP top 25 this season. And to your point, Ryan, they're not playing very well right now. And then Bronny James comes back right when they're not like at right when they're at their worst. And now the spotlight is the brightest on them and in front of millions more people than they probably expected when the season started, they now have to figure things out with this big spotlight on them. So I don't envy their position at all. Being five and four with all the talent is bad. I I think this USC basketball team probably is more talented than the football team was in this past oh, yeah. fall for USC. Like, I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say and they're getting similar results. So yeah, the USC has to go back to the drawing board. I do think if they continue to struggle and for whatever reason, they're out of the NCAA tournament hunt, say in like late January, after a few weeks of PAC 12 play, people are still going to go to the games because they want to see Bronny and there's still going to be that spotlight and people are still going to be into it because of him. But if he wasn't here and the team was underperforming like this, I think Galen center might be sort of a ghost town, which is disappointing based on how USC started the year. And if you're a women's basketball fan, they're having a great year, so uh, don't count them out for sure. But right now, the men have a lot of stuff they need to figure out, and it just seems like exterior or ulterior mode. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like The outside is kind of working against them with this brawny stuff. Everyone's going to be watching them, and I don't know how that affects a team that is underperforming. I feel like that'll just make them worse. Yeah. Uh, Chris Trevino came in the chat. He says he likes your sweater. Triple-double. Thank you. And uh, he's at the crib preparing for the two-star later. So, Chris, if you're listening, we had a question earlier. They want to know when you're going to do a live two-star. So I'll set it up. Get get your uh, your boy GM to do it. Um, he doesn't have to leave his basement, but, you know, we'll figure something out and uh, do a live remote or something like that. But um, all right. Anything else kind of going on, Connor? I think that was about all the stuff I wanted to touch on. It's been a little minute since we talked, so it's good to get back with you. Yeah. Great to be here. The last thing with the transfer portal, it looks like Mario Anderson, the running back from South Carolina, is starting his uh, USC visit today. So looks like that might be a good omen for USC. I think there are a few other schools interested in him. He seems like the top running back target in the transfer portal, and he's on a visit. The Mississippi State running back transfer, Joquavius Woody Marks, is expected to be on a visit next week. So maybe that's USC's backup plan, or maybe that was the only time he could visit. I think he's going to visit Washington first, but those are two guys who USC is really actively recruiting right now. And I'm still hearing murmurs on Will Howard and Michael Williams, the defensive lineman for Georgia. Those would be two massive coups for USC, and that would get people excited. I just think patience has to be preached here. It's going to take a little bit. 
Yeah, it's, I don't. I mean, it's been a long time since USC got like a running back transfer from the other USC, right? <laughs> it's been a year. Like, yeah, uh, that'd be funny if you get two, you know, USC to USC running back transfers. That'd be kind of funny. And this guy started playing Division Two, so this guy worked for everything he got. I like those stories, the the rags to riches college football stories, kind of just based on that. I don't know him at all. I've only read little articles here and there, but a guy who started in Division Two and earned USC recruitment, sign me up. Hold on. Uh, we have breaking news. While this was going, while the show was going on, we have this big, 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 big breaking news. Chris Trevino says, "Next Wednesday for signing day, December twentieth, we are planning on being in studio live, six hour show. Okay, live cilantro. Uh, you know the cilantro boys for six hours on signing day. Perfect. Uh, get Gerard here. I'll just be pumping in some snacks and stuff, getting these guys ready." I'll be here. I'm leaving like the next day to go back east for uh, Christmas. So that's awesome news that you guys can watch this live. Uh, see if we can set some super chat uh, records because those guys have, are, are just, they get the super chats like crazy. Uh, we haven't had any yet. So if you want to super chat us just to make us feel good, but no, just know next week or you might want to save your money. Uh, if you get any early Christmas money or Hanukkah money or something, you can save it for the uh, Cilantro Boys. So they're going to go live on December 20th. So that is cool. A week from today maybe we'll do our show leading up to it i'll see what time they're doing it but connor we could do like our lead-in show to the live crazy six-hour cilantro boys live podcast so that could be a lot of fun buckle up that's all i gotta say if we uh will that be eight hours of content on the the peristyle podcast network that sounds great that'd be good uh all right well why don't we take a quick break and we're gonna come back and uh, answer your questions. We got questions, voicemails, we got emails, we got chat questions. So, a lot of that back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty, we are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks again for listening across the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen to the podcast, we really appreciate it. You know, busy lives, lots going on, making us part of your day. I know someone in the chat said they were watching, they turned into a live broadcast. They were listening to the Helium Boys podcast and turned that off to uh, watch us live. So Chris, take that. See, that's the live stuff now. But no, thank you for doing that or any of the podcasts we do. Um, we, uh, let's see, we have a couple of voicemails. Let me play this one for you, Connor. Yeah, this is Bill from, uh, Scottsdale. I listened to the Anthony, the, uh, the Anton Lynn interview today. And I think the most important thing he said was that he matches his scheme to his personnel. And I'd like your thoughts and comments on that. Thanks. Bye. I think that's huge. Alex Grinch, he really wanted to play that speed D, and we saw a lot of undersized defensive linemen, and he tried to force his style onto the team that USC had. And it sounds like Lincoln Riley, even 
before talking to Danton Lynn, that was one of the things that he wanted to to bring in most, a guy who was versatile and didn't try to pigeonhole his players into a specific scheme. If the players do something really well, USC and Riley, they want to really put that forward and make sure that guys are, are in the best positions to succeed, which wasn't necessarily the case with Alex Grinch. And I agree with the caller right there. I, I think that's really important, really smart, and that's a big reason why UCLA was so good last year. Danton Lynn put those guys in the best positions to succeed, and I think he can do it at USC too. Yeah, I think people were when when we heard from Lynn, you know, people were trying to make comparisons and it's just like, hey, it's a different, you know, you had different pieces, there was a different situation at UCLA than what you have at USC. Being able to adapt to that. And I, I think you're right. Like we didn't we saw USC have to make adjustments on offense where Lincoln Riley's got a great system, right? I mean, he's won Heisman, people that scored tons of points and saw what was happening against, I think it was Arizona State where they were having all these pre-snap troubles because they were trying to get the play in. And they're like, they stopped doing that. And they're like, okay, well, that's not working. This was what I would like to do. I would like to be able to do these pre-snap reads and and have you know these options going in. But it screwed up our offense, so we're going to scrap that and kind of go forward. And it felt like week after week, players are confused, looking at their wristband, and they didn't scrap it. They didn't change what they were doing. It was more like, well, we have to get this right. As opposed to, it's not working. You could have the best plan in the world, and if someone can't execute it, then it's it's a terrible plan. And that's what ended up happening with Alex Grinch. Never changed the plan. The plan just kept staying the same. They didn't improve it. You know, I was told in the offseason there was going to be less, like, stunting on the defensive lines and things like that. And maybe there wasn't as much, but the fun- fundamentally, it just didn't seem to change that much. And you needed to make changes from that year to this year. And you didn't, and you're sort of just relying on. Well, you got to do what. This is what the plan is, and we want. If you got the players to do it, and it just it just wasn't working. So, I think you need someone that can adapt. And it sounds like Denton Lynn is one of those guys. I mean, year one, you see, like you're like, you don't know what's going on. Just come in there and make changes. Boom, and it worked. You hope that he can do the same thing at USC. Different situation, but you hope he can do the same thing. From the Colorado win all the way to the UCLA lost so what's that like eight games how tired of you ryan were you hearing one defensive player say you know 10 guys are doing the right thing and and just one guy's not and (laughs) we just all got to be doing the right thing everyone has to do their job it's 10 guys doing it one or two maybe aren't doing their job it's like if that's happening week after week after week after week it's not just one person not doing their job it's a systemic problem and i think that had to do with alex grinch just saying in this situation we do this and then like one guy would do the right thing but Maybe that one guy was right because, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was so bad. I wouldn't be surprised if the person who was doing what they weren't told to be doing maybe had the right inkling to, to try to get something right. So what what a mess and on to bigger and better things hopefully next season. Yeah, you can't have like one mistake kill you. Like it was funny watching the Pac-12 championship game and it would see like, oh, that so someone missed the tackle in the backfield. Like, forget USC, that's a touchdown. Yep. And like, somebody makes a tackle two yards downfield. You're like, all right, well, that's the way it should be. That like, okay, someone made a mistake and it's not doom. And it's just like, you can't just expect that play. Everyone has to play perfect all the time. And that's what it just seemed to be. Like, there just wasn't enough kind of backup or anything. We did get a super chat. Woo. It's only two bucks, Kevin, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, hold on, Connor. Explain the Mikel Intel. For $2, you can only talk for like 10 seconds, so. Go ahead. Nothing huge, just that obviously they're interested and the Bear-Alexander connection with both guys used to being on Georgia. And we all know 
Bears uh, guardian, I think, what's his name, Tony Jones, I think. That guy is recruiting his ass off, and I think Mikel Williams is someone who he wants and someone USC wants, and we'll see where it goes. But nothing, I don't have any, like, big-time source saying USC's for sure going to get him. I, I think they're doing their due diligence, and uh, they're putting their best foot forward right now. He's someone who's going to take a little while because he was a five-star, such a highly-ranked recruit. He's going to yeah. weigh his options. So Connor's saying uh, 100% locked up, <laughs> done. All right, yeah. take he, it to the back. He's on, he's on a plane right now, just like Shohei Otani was on a plane to Toronto. Same thing. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, Don wrote in. He's usually one of our more pessimistic uh, emailers. Ryan, USC must have been impatient. Lynn has no experience as defensive coordinator. Stopped the USC team that had quit. Did not face the good offenses in the Pac-12. I guess Riley would be comfortable that he still has a rookie DC. Lynn did a good job at UCLA, but Oregon State and Cal had their way with UCLA. SC should have done better. Tough times ahead for the Trojans. Not sure if USC had a competitive has the competitive spirit for the Big Ten. Don, man, Don, you'd just be fun to watch like a happy movie with, I think, you know, just everything's great. Super positive. No. So doom and gloom, Connor. If you want to play, is it Don? Don. Don's game. I mean, they played Utah when Utah couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah. They did shut down a Washington State offense that had been doing pretty well early in the season. So I'll give them that. But yeah, Oregon State moved the ball on them. And then USC had quit, so that doesn't count. And Cal, forget about all the Dante Moore turnovers. Cal, that that wasn't anything to do with Dante Lynn. It's fun to try to make that argument, but I think by and large, that defense was damn good. No one expected it to be damn good. How they stopped the run was incredible. They did have some really good players, and we'll see if USC can can replicate that. But I think you got to give him a chance. I was the guy who was saying give Alex Grinch a chance uh, last offseason, so maybe you don't want to believe me, but you know what I mean? I think I that last me. year went so well. How can you not at least be a little excited? Like, I, I think he he proved that he's a good defensive coach, albeit only one season. So Yeah, no, I think he's he's legit. So, um, well, I, yeah, I would, I would be a little more optimistic than what you're being there, Don. Uh, we did, we, there's some jokes about Ryan said only $2 and stuff. You guys don't have to super chat. Like if you put question there, I'll put it up on the screen. We just interrupt the show for super chats. Cause it's just like kind of a thing. Um, so it's kind of funny. So we, uh, Manford though, money bags says who will be calling defensive plays in the holiday bowl. Looks now, like Sean Nua. I'm guessing Sean Nua because you know, if Odom's gone, Sean was the co defensive coordinator. I still would love to see just. Just scrap whatever you're doing and have Lynn come in there, like literally whiteboard a couple things. Linebackers do this. DBs do this. Defensive line do this. We're going to go out and play defense. And I don't think it could be worse than what they've been doing. I agree. Nua doesn't have that play calling experience, though. So, like, the whole Brian Odom thing, I think Christian Gerard mentioned how they heard some tidbits about he's probably not being retained. We haven't seen him on the recruiting trail at all. But, like, do they still have him around to call? Like, what do you do if you're a lame duck? Do, do you still – does he want to even call the plays if he kind of knows the, the writing's on the wall? Because he's so, got the experience. He called yeah. the, for the, the – uh, He's the guy the in the booth. Bowl. Yeah. He, he called the plays at the end of the regular season. Maybe Greg Brown, I think, is the only other guy on the staff who has experience calling defensive plays, the analyst. So could it be him? I mean, I think it would probably be Nua, but, like – it. I don't think he's done it before. So that, that's a great question. And if we could talk to Coach Riley, I, I'd love to ask him that. We haven't talked to him since Lynn was hired. And I thought we were going to get him once every week. It's been, what, now 10 days since we got him last, Ryan? It's, yeah. Don't, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, it's just sort of like radio silence from USC. 
doing the bare, bare minimum. Uh, come on, do better. Like not hearing anything. One media availability that you give like the, you know, 24 hours notice or less than that. And then you change it. It's Friday at five o'clock in LA. Like, come on. They, you got to do better, USC. This has been, this has been pretty uh, amateur hour. Uh, what's going on there? So you, I know you guys don't care about that, but just little, uh, little rant. But yeah, not hearing from Riley at all. This is, uh, this is pretty dumb. Okay. Uh, let's do voicemail. Hey, Ryan, this is for you, and I'm guessing Connor. Um, Connor, let's grow that beard out the rest of the year. Let's see how, how thick we can get it, how bushy. You guys <laughs> think enough, maybe we paint it white. Um, you know, put a red hat on you for, for, uh, for the uh, couple weeks from now. So, um, uh, just wanted to let everybody know that you should uh, join the P. My annual renewal is coming up in a few weeks, and I'm definitely going to renew. Um, P is great. I mean, it could be trying sometimes when uh, USC goes uh, uh, one for uh, one and five in the last six games of the season. Uh, but it's, it's the best uh, message board out there. I want you guys to check it out. Um, this question is for both you and Connor, um, Ryan. How excited are you to watch USC run a, uh, a two four five? Uh, modern days run the two four five since I was in high school. They, they run it with a you know kind of like what Lynn does with fakes out of a, a three four. Um, but you know, what do you, do you think the personnel that USC has would work really well? That a lot of edge rushers getting two of them on the field almost all the time. Uh, thoughts on that? Um, everyone sent up to the best uh, board in the world. Eddie from Orange. All right, thank you for the voicemail, and I'll have to grow out my beard now. I, I am excited. The The thing that sticks out to me watching UCLA is just you never really knew exactly what was going to happen, and you would have defensive linemen. Sometimes they'd stand up and they'd rush the passer. Other times they'd be down in their stance and, and they'd rush the passer, and you'd have guys line up all over the place. And with USC, it was kind of like unless they're blitzing, they're going to rush their four. It's going to be the two linebackers. It's going to be the nickel safety, and I, I think – this scheme with Lynn allows you to be a lot more flexible and allow you to throw a lot more things at the wall and sort of see what sticks in, in spring practice. And I just think the biggest thing that stuck out to me watching UCLA, just the amount of times defensive linemen, it looked like the NFL, just it looked like what you'd see on a Sunday versus what you'd see on a Saturday. And I think bringing that to, to USC, I mean, even if USC isn't recruiting at the level that a lot of people want, you're still getting a lot of big-time recruits in here, even on the defensive end with how bad – the Trojans have been defensively. You're not getting a lot of five-star guys, but you're still getting good players. And I think Lynn now being able to work with some of the USC recruits and sort of shaping them and putting them in his mold, what he wants them to do, I, I think it's going to be really, really exciting. And I, I like what he did at UCLA. I think he can do something similar at USC. So uh, I think the scheme is going to really benefit the Trojans for sure. Yeah, I agree with you too. Um, scheme's so important. And when you can see there's certain things that can come in and make a big difference, like in college football. Like an offensive lineman usually takes a while. You know, a running back could be electric right from the start, a receiver. I think a defensive coordinator is just one of those things where it's just you can make a huge difference right away. We've seen it happen multiple times. It happened at UCLA. You went from terrible with pretty much the same players to great or really good, especially really good against the run. And so you have to be optimistic that uh, he can come in and do something similar at USC. Well, all we said last year was just because you had Caleb Williams and all his talent coming back, just be like, okay on defense. And they were hot garbage on defense. So they were nowhere near. Okay. I think you can do better than that with a, a higher like Lynn. So 
Uh, we will see sort of going forward. But thank you for that voicemail. Let's uh, let's go to an email from Frank in Sacramento. Um, do you think that Lynn will bring Elephant Head back to USC with him? So he's talking about um, uh, was it? Uh, why am I blank on his name? The defensive lineman that transferred to UCLA, Jay Toya. Jay, to- yeah, Toya. So I feel I, like he's done with with USC. Didn't it kind of end ugly? I think it kind of ended ugly. There was some incident in the elevator with yeah. USC fans or some something like that. But yeah, like uh, Clay Helton made some kind of elephant head, like the biggest head he'd seen, something one of those Clay Heltonisms. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a thing. But um, thank you for that, uh, Heinrich and Helsinki. All right, the transaction for USC has been painfully slow. All we got is a long snapper from Michigan State so far, and they picked up a defensive lineman from Vanderbilt, too. I thought uh, we'd have a great defensive line and quarterback by now, defensive lineman. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think the two top quarterbacks, USC is in on both of them, and it seems like once one decides, then the market will kind of shift. Like Those guys are kind of calling their shots, Howard and Ward. And so you see some lower-level quarterbacks like Hank Bachmeyer go to Wake Forest and what is it, Tyler Shuck go to Wisconsin, I think. I, I hope I'm not getting one of those Maybe that's, middling yeah, Texas Tech guy, quarterbacks yeah. wrong going somewhere else. And no offense to, to Shuck, but those guys who they're probably not going to be in the NFL, but they're such a better option than a lot of these younger quarterbacks yeah. and high school guys that it makes sense for them to stick around as long as they can. So credit to them. But USC's after the two best guys, and that's just going to take a while. And I think that's sort of what we're seeing overall we, on the defensive line, on at the quarterback spot. I do think they haven't had the best of luck right now with offensive linemen and in the secondary, they've missed on a couple of their targets so far, but uh, they're after the biggest fish and a lot of the biggest fish are still uh, swimming. If that makes sense. I agree with you there. Uh, Sir Eric of Troy sent a text in. he likes texting. We appreciate when he writes in uh, comparing USC and UCLA's defensive talent on a one-to-one basis. Do you think Danton Lynn would have done an even better job statistically with our guys about the same or not quite as well as he did with UCLA last year. Fight on, and thanks for another great job this season doing what you do. Sincerely, Sir Eric of Troy. That's a great podcast question. Is Lincoln Riley, like, would if it, just swap him? Like, is he taking over for Grinch, or, like, is it? Say he took over for Grinch. So we know what he did taking over uh, at UCLA. What they had kind of, like, their talent that wasn't the, about the same talent that they had the pr- previous year. He made it a lot better. USC improved their talent. He would take it over. Do you think the defense would have still stunk? Would it be better or compared to what he did at UCLA? That's such a hard question. I think UCLA's defensive line was way better than USC's, but I, I still think USC's defensive line was okay. That was probably the strength of their bad defense. So I don't think he could get the same production, obviously, out of the USC uh, defensive line than he did at UCLA. But like linebackers and in the secondary, I see a lot of similarities roster-wise to the two schools. So that's just such a hard question to, to answer. I, I think USC was kind of doomed last year. We just see it now for, for what it was. So I don't – well, I don't know because Grinch was the, was the, big, was the big problem. I'm just going to say no. I, 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 don't, I think it was a really – it's a tough spot to call a defense under Lincoln Riley and maybe they didn't have the right pieces in place for Lynn. And he didn't really have the whole offseason at UCLA and he could just kind of go in and do what he did. I think if he was at USC and he arrived in February and he didn't really have the whole offseason to get his guys in and do what he needs to do, maybe they'll struggle as well. But 
it's just so hard to answer that because he's only been in DC for one year. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. a lot of evidence to be like, well, in this year he did this, in this year he did this. I don't know. I kind of feel he would do. A, I mean, they would have much better defense than what they had if you brought in him. Now, would they be like top five in the nation in run stopping? Like you had, you know, the the brothers over there. You had uh, Liatu Latu. You know, so it wasn't like he had a Tuli Tuli Pelotu to sort of work yeah. with at USC. But you know, I think you had like a Bear Alexander that you know. I I feel like he would have done a better job. Too many guys that had production in college didn't do anything when they were with Grinch. And I feel like uh, what a Keon Bars, what uh, Sullivan, I think some of those guys, you know, Muhammad kind of fell off later in the season. I feel like those dudes were proven producers in college and Lynn took guys that were, you know, pretty good and, and made them a lot better. I feel like he could have done the same thing at USC that maybe it wouldn't be, he would have tailored it to what USC's strengths were. And last year, like stopping the run was a great strength for the UCLA defense. Maybe it was a little bit different, but the, maybe the secondary plays a lot better. Or maybe the linebackers are a lot more productive. I feel like, yeah, if he came in, the defense wouldn't be near, nearly as bad as it was. I don't know what, how good it could, could it have been as good as UCLA, I guess is the question. Yeah, I'd say no, but it, I agree, agree with what you're saying. It definitely would have been better. USC's defense definitely would have been better, yeah. but I don't think probably it would have significantly been as, better. Yeah, but I don't think it would have been as good as UCLA's. Yeah, I think that's a, a final answer. It took me forever to get there, and I'm sorry for everyone that to listen to me rumble, but that's what I got. No, fair way to put it there. We got ramble, some, not rumble. Jeez, I'm on one right now. We got some. Chris got mad. I didn't do this sound when, for money uh, bags. Yeah, for money bags, Manford. So thank you for the super chats. We appreciate uh, all of them. We have some other questions in the. Um, in the uh, YouTube chat. So I'm going to pull those up. And if you're watching, we can put them on the screen. You can read them along with us. Steven, which quarterback is more likely to transfer to USC? Will Howard or Cam Ward? I think Howard, but if he goes somewhere else, then I do think USC has a shot at Ward, but Howard right now would be my first pick and my top answer. Yeah. There's not like a, I mean, that was an interesting one um, for sure, but you still don't even know, like is he's in the, I think Lincoln Riley's in the market, but I don't know if he's 100% like we have to get a quarterback either, you know? Um, and I think, you know, how good does Miller Moss look these few weeks leading up to the bowl game? How does he play? And do you feel confident like just, hey, Miller Moss is going to be our guy. And if you don't get like a Will Howard or Cam Ward, do you bring in somebody that's just like a, a depth guy and you're going with Miller Moss or potentially Malachi Nelson or something? But um, I'm curious to see what they do because it might not be – he might even be 100% sold that they're bringing in a stud quarterback. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. So am I. And I do think Riley wanted Howard, but based on how early he met with him, I'm sure he was hoping it was kind of going to be a little quicker than this. So we'll see what happens. We haven't really heard a lot on that in the last few weeks. At least I haven't. All right. Uh, Gary wrote in in the chat and says, who are plan A and plan B for left tackle from the portal? And he asked, what's the latest with Will Howard? We kind of talked about Will Howard, but. Uh, any any portal information on tackles? Well, it sounds like Jonah Monheim is still undecided on if he'll come back or not. I don't imagine he'd play left tackle if he did come back. And then does that open the door for Elijah Page, a guy already on your roster, to be the left tackle next season? Is that a scary proposition, having a redshirt freshman be a left tackle in your first year in the Big Ten? I just direct the uh, question asker there to go to Chris's transfer portal palooza he has all the info on all the guys usc's offered and yeah 
all the targets and everything like that. Go check it out. We, uh, if you're not a subscriber right now, 50% off uh, the annual membership. Uh, boom, go in there because so much is going on right now. It's great info. Just so much. And we're lucky. We have such a great team and there's so many people putting up content and everything. So lots of information out there. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, our buddy Blackie Chan, do you think uh, any other position coaches will be announced before the bowl game? I hope so. I feel like the quicker you finalize your defensive staff for next year, the better. Matt Entz said part of the reason it was announced that he was going to be the linebacker coach for next season right now was because signing day is coming up a week from today, and it's just really important to get those pieces in place. So based on how I see it right now, I think Roy Manning is back. Sean Nua is back. You got Entz coaching the linebackers. What's going to happen in the secondary, though? That's my question. Who's the cornerback's coach? Who's the safety's coach? Those are the two biggest question marks I have. Yeah, and Eric was like, does Lynn have other position coaches in mind for the staff? So, yeah, we're kind of, you know, playing it by ear. You know what is happening so far. It might be a case where you sort of, like, get through the bowl practices, and then after signing day, more changes are made, uh, or they kind of stand pat with what they do. I mean, the defense was so bad, I don't think you can just make two changes, to be honest, but, you know, we'll see. I think you would need to, to shake it up more than what they have. And they've shaken it up a lot but probably need to shake it up even a little more. Um, Touchdown USC says, how many offensive linemen should the Trojans add from the portal? Lincoln Riley said one or two, so I wouldn't expect any more than two. Yeah, like that was interesting. I think you you brought in a bunch of guys this year, didn't have the same sort of impact maybe that the guys had last year. Um, You know, one of them, the one guy from Florida didn't end up coming at all. Like it, it didn't work out as well transfer portal wise, uh, 2023 that it did 2022. So I think because you've had so many offensive linemen recruited in high school, the last two years, you can kind of build that pipeline up and you'd rather, you know, have those guys get better and, uh, and, and start playing from there. If, if you could, they've been able to, to recruit in the high school levels and, I think that's where he'd rather go with a piece or two coming from the portal. And the guys that we've heard the most about from that class, it's been Elijah Page, who Riley went out of his way to talk about the strides that he's made, and he projects as a left tackle. So maybe he's your left tackle next year, like I said earlier. And then Alani Noah, who's been talked about. I mean, he started the freaking San Jose State game. We've been the talk- first game. We've been talking about him all season long. So I think you have to have him as a starter next year. In the 2024 class, it's probably too soon, but Jason Zandamella, your highest-ranked recruit in that class, he projects as a guard. And in an ideal world, like if he comes in and he proves to Josh Henson that he's ready, could he be starting next season? I think that's probably too soon, but he is your number one rated player. So maybe you have him next season and then – Maybe Jonah Monheim, if he comes back, plays center or something like that. Or he's at one of the guard spots. And then there's just a lot that needs to shake out. And I think USC is much better positioned for the offensive line in 2024 than they were at this point heading into 2023. I agree. Um, I was thinking about this. You kind of, and you talk about looking back on the season and you can kind of see things like, yeah, this just wasn't, even if you had a better defensive coordinator, like there's a lot of stuff that just wasn't going to work. When USC trots out, we weren't sure what the offensive line rotation was going to be. And Alani Noah, who's not someone we had heard a whole bunch about as far as like, oh, he's he's been just impressing everybody because we can't watch practices, right? When he's starting at left guard in the opener, should we have gone? Yeah, we should have gone, oh, crap. This is, <laughs> I don't know why this is happening, but the reasons are not good, especially because he didn't start there the whole year. 
it that that was bad. That, yep. That's a that's a sign that's like oh that's you know you're in the coal mine and the canary just didn't just die but it like puked all over the place and it's you know turned inside out. You're like something's not good. <laughs> you know like I don't know what it meant but I, it couldn't have been a good sign. So yeah, I was I was thinking about that today. Yep, you're absolutely right. That should have been an oh crap and. <laughs> Shame on us for not realizing it. Like, hello, you. Like, why the hell is he starting left left guard? When everyone was available, you brought in these big time transfers, and a true freshman beat him out. And Josh Henson said, "Yeah, the other guys they weren't consistent enough." And it's like, but the true freshman exactly the true freshman was more consistent than these transfers. That's when we should have known the season was doomed. And shame (laughs) on us for not saying so. (laughs) Should have realized it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Blackie Chan, do you think USC will attempt to give? Walt, Walter Nolan, the Bear Alexander treatment. Good, I heard that he's. It's probably a long shot with him. I okay. hope I'm wrong, but I, I've heard it's it's probably not going to happen with him. Okay, so. But yeah, hey, like, should they? Any yeah. kind of <laughs> any like five star defensive lineman yeah, in the portal, you just bit. do whatever you need to do. Uh, you got to do that. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's good stuff. Uh, we kept it pretty tight, a little over. An hour, but yeah, we'll try to keep doing these throughout uh, the off season. And of course, like we mentioned next week, you got uh, on signing day, we'll have Gerard Martinez and Chris Trevino in studio live uh, here on the, you know, so if you're watching live on YouTube, it will be on the same platform. If you're listening podcast form, same everything. But if you want to watch Gerard and Chris go at it live, you can go to our YouTube channel at inside Troy and uh, it could be up to six hours. You know that's what Chris said in the chat. So that's why I felt like this is a this is a big deal. Last time we did it, it was sort of like mixed because I had like I was doing it on my laptop. Uh, this will be in the studio, so it should be unlimited. Whatever they want to do, they can talk for as long as they want, and uh, should be a lot of fun. I will be here too. I don't know if I'm going to go on their show. We're going to do our show, Ryan. I don't know if there there was talk about me maybe joining them. I don't know if they need me based on how long they're going to go for. So we'll figure all that out, but just be ready for Wednesday. It's a big day. Yeah, a little, maybe a little bit of a break. Uh, but yeah, that'd be cool. So if you and I do our show uh, beforehand, and then I'll probably help them set up theirs and then get that feed rolling, and then you could be the guest. I th- think if you're going to go that long, you could have like rotating guests coming in and talking. Yeah, and maybe I'll be the first one. And sharing thoughts or something. So Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, awesome. That, Can't wait. That'll be uh, very, very good. Okay. Well, we appreciate uh, all of you being a part of the show. Uh, We're counting down to the bowl game. Of course, all the portal stuff. Anything you want to get on USC football, you can go over to uscfootball.com. We're tracking all the portal uh, stuff. Of course, basketball, what's going on, the uh, coaching search or whatever coaches they're going to get right now. Maybe that's paused for a little bit. But uh, all of that, you can check over at uscfootball.com. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, for Connor Morissette, I am Ryan Abraham. We will talk to you next time. All right, we have 30 seconds. Great. Let's mention the cool new products at your neighborhood Trader Joe's. We don't have enough time for all those. Or we could talk about the crew. We love the crew. But we could have customers tell us about their new Trader Joe's recipes. Did I mention we have 30 seconds? See, this is why we have a podcast called Inside Trader Joe's, so that we have time to talk about all of those things. 30 seconds is up. Inside Trader Joe's is available wherever you listen to podcasts, like this one. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. 
Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 